the Recruitment Roller Coaster Podcast. My name's Hisham Azuz, and today I'm joined by David Savage, who's joined me in the, the lovely studio, and it is very hot. I'm jealous, you've got a studio. It's <laughs> nice. It is. Um, so yeah, basically, the first thing that I'm always interested to ask yeah. when uh, I have someone of, of your experience, sorry to highlight that, um, <laughs> everyone fir- always thinks I'm older than I am yeah the, f- yeah, the first yeah. thing to highlight but obviously you've been in obviously you you fell in well you went into recruitment pretty much straight away didn't you from uni so it's pretty much you've been in 10 plus years over 10 years uh yeah nearly 11 years how how has that happened and how have you, how have you stayed in recruitment for that long um so I for, for me it was complete accident that I ended up in the industry okay I moved to London like I think most people do when they're looking for, for work after university. I'd, I'd gone to university at University Where did of you Essex. Go? Oh, Essex, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd studied politics and international relations. I didn't really know what I wanted to do yeah, with that. Yeah, and then I'd spent a year after I graduated in the students' union. So I ran sports and societies oh, nice. for the university, looking after 52 sports clubs. Oh, that looks them. good on the TV. It does. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I kind of went, right, I'd, I'd like to stay in the education sector. Oh, okay. I'd, like, I'd like to say so in universities. Like yeah, yeah. So I had a couple of interviews for jobs and I kept coming kind of second and third to people who had a bit more experience oh, of really? working in unions, supporting the student staff that I'd just been. Yeah. So I was kind of getting a bit desperate because I'd moved into a flat and money was running out and I kind of did some temping for the NHS just to kind of All work sorts. out yeah. whilst I was kind of working, working out what I wanted yeah, to do yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, and I saw this advert online that I didn't understand but it was a whole lot of attributes and I thought, it sounds like me. <laughs> Um, what were the attributes? What, what stuck out? Do you remember? Oh, you know, good talking to people. I don't actually, I'm not very Personable, good at talking to people. Confident. But I don't mind doing it. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, I kind of, it looked kind of something that I thought might suit me. And I, I stuck my CV across and 15 minutes later I got a phone call. And then they were kind of like coming to meet us tomorrow. And obviously, it was a rectorette getting kind of excited. Here's a yeah. crowd who looks like they've got some experience. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, as I now know what rectorettes are like, because <laughs> they're desperate to put anyone in front of a recruiter. Um, <laughs> and I went for an interview. It was PFJ. Yeah. Um, at Holborn. And I sat in a room and I got really confused because I was like, hang on a minute. I thought I was interviewing for a job here. You and thought, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they sent me out to. The thing is, I, I, used to, I, I remember before I got into recruitment, I had that perception. It's like, wait, so they get me in for an interview. Am I interviewing now? Whatever. Yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. not always crystal clear, is it? Yeah. So it's interesting. It's very confusing. Mm. And then they're like, right, you're going to this co- company, and it was Eurostaff. I interviewed at Eurostaff. Yeah. And they said, and we're going to send you to Harvey Nash. Um, and I'll be perfectly honest, I like the guys at Harvey Nash, but I, I needed a job. And I didn't yeah, really understand yeah, what yeah. it was, like a lot of people. But Even after the interview? Not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought they were good people. Yeah. And I thought his. Can I, can I work with them fundamentally? Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Are they paying me a salary? Yes. Am I running out of money? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't really understand no, what this I, thing is, but let's do it. Yeah, no, I, I like the way you put that because I think like now, because we're um, where I work and we meet recruitment business and stuff like that, it's like when we're in there, it's like, why, why would someone join you and all this sort of stuff? It's like me and Sean sat down and was like, why why did we join the recruitment business that we joined? And it's exactly what you just said. It's the people part. Yeah. It's that... It's that it's hard to like articulate what that is, but it's just a sort of sense or feeling of you know what I feel like I could do something great with these guys, or yeah. and you, that's why you choose them. Obviously, they're paying you and all that sort of stuff. But I think that that's the interesting part, and that's the the part where it's getting that out there, if you get what I mean, and that that people part out there. Um, but that that that's super interesting. So I mean, just on that, when we yeah. interview now, yeah, it, we don't try and give them the the kind of the 
let's give you a hard time ever it's very much tell us about what what you are looking for tell us mm. where you want to work and and talk about that mm. and if anything trying to sell at a first stage interview because the choice is so remarkable you know there's yeah. 20,000 recruiters there's in London so or something yeah, yeah, but yeah. if you don't do that you you're just going to put yourself on the back foot straight away and yeah. lose out on good talent no no you're right no definitely I think and this was part of the reason why I ended up starting this and doing other things but I guess when when you went into the industry you had no idea so like yeah. w was there any sort of narrative of recruitment at all that you was aware of or not at all like no. you had no idea <laughs> I, I, so you literally found out in the first six months I didn't have a phone trial I didn't see the floor wow. I had one conversation with my with the person who ended up being my manager for almost 10 years and the MD and um, I turned up on the first day and was like right what am I doing yeah yeah the thing, <laughs> is, the thing, the thing is like that hasn't that hasn't changed that much in terms of like so before I got into recruitment I was looking for that because obviously um, I've said this a few times now but sol solid advice is um, read or find out about someone that's done something you want to do right and I looked for that in recruitment and it still wasn't very clear yeah <laughs> it, it generally wasn't and that was that was like two and nearly three years ago now so it's still obviously you don't really know what it's like until, until you're, you're you're in the deep end and you're making your your first few calls and stuff mm. like that so how how difficult were those 12 months do you remember the first 12 months yeah because i thought that they were the most difficult for me honestly yeah quite easy really yeah what was easy and that's not being that's no, not no, me no, being no, arrogant not right um it's a hard job when you start so me yeah. saying it's quite easy isn't that it's not a slog because yeah, yeah. it is right it is but I didn't overcomplicate it I think mm. I quickly realised that it was and I still believe this it's a numbers game in volume in volume okay because when you first start you don't know the technology market I yeah. certainly didn't I was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. a politics student I didn't understand technology I still mm. you know I can't put anything technical together <laughs> um, and I was, I was working a market <clears throat> infrastructure that I didn't understand I was dealing with contracts I'd never done anything oh, so was it I, I didn't, yeah, it was contract market okay. so I didn't really understand how that dynamic worked yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I knew I had to get clients on and the only way that I could see doing that was by just speaking to people again mm. and again and yeah, again yeah, yeah. and asking questions and, and not saying I'm an expert I, and, and actually I carried on doing this all the way through my career saying look actually pretending to be a bit of a novice yeah. and saying to people look I don't really understand what this is do you mind just explaining strikes their ego right yeah, to, to an extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just keeping it really simple and just saying every single week, I have to make more calls than anybody else. Mm. I have to do more and that will put foundations in place and make it easier further down the line. Nice. I like so that. I just kept the job really simple. So the first 12 months was mundane and boring and a pain in the ass. And there were times where I sat at my desk and I thought, I don't want to call this next person. Yeah. And I'd look at a CV and think, I, I don't think they're right, but I'm going to speak to them yeah. because you never know. Yeah, that's what my boss always said. Um, and I just hammered out call after call after call. Mm. And that, I think, stood me in good stead. Mm. And keeping it simple made it easier than I think no, I some think, people find it. No, I really like the way you put that. I think um, the advantage I've had, the only difference in my story with that is that um, I, so I recruit for the insurance market and I used to work in insurance. So that was a, a nice grounding because I, yeah. I used to work in the industry. But what you just said there, there's a lot of people that go in to recruit for an industry which, quite frankly, they've never worked in before. And even uh, the market I was recruiting in, a lot of the stuff that I was recruiting for, I had no idea about. And that was, that was 
the most solid piece of advice I got from my old um, boss, and you obviously naturally did it. But that is the people that have the most knowledge, and the people need to be speaking to are the candidates. And mm. if you, uh, the more people you speak to, then the more reference points you're going to have on the next person, and you can then um, um, connect the dots and all that sort of stuff. So, I think to be fair, those first twelve months, for a lot of people f- they do find hard, and a lot of people drop out in those first twelve months. But that's probably solid advice. It's like. Look, you are going to hate some of the parts that you do, but yeah. it's going to pay off. And as you said, it's the foundation, um, and that that volume will pay off in terms of the knowledge that you're going to acquire. Because what six months down the line, you're going to have a real good grasp and grounding of what it is and you do. You have to be realistic what that first year is. You know, a lot yeah. of people when you're interviewing for recruitment will tell you, "Oh, the top biller," and you know, yeah, this yeah, and yeah. eight thousand pounds yeah, in, this yeah, year, yeah. in the first year. It's like, yeah, you you can do that. You can do that in recruitment. You can still do that in recruitment, although I think it's harder now than it was ten years ago. Um, but it requires a lot of luck to mm. be able to do that. It's not because someone is born a brilliant recruiter. That's load of bollocks. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay. But you you make it easier for yourself by doing the basics again and again and yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you just accept that the first year is not going to be your commercially best year. Yeah. You know, And that actually what you're doing is, is you're saying in, in years three and four this job's going to be a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you take a long-term, long-term view. Yeah. And too many people coming into the industry expect results yeah, yeah. months three to six. And when, when they don't see it in their pay packet yeah, yeah. straight away, then they get frustrated and leave. I think, yeah, I think, I feel like, I, c- I literally couldn't agree more. And I feel like there's, I feel like there's a mixture of people having those expectations, but and then also what you just said there, employers going, yeah, you can earn this much and earn this much. And then that also filters yeah. down to people thinking, that's what I mean, that was one of the things where, there is a perception out there that in recruitment you can earn big money quick you can Mm. do that but as you said the people that have stayed in it for the longest time and have probably had the most a lot more successful careers in recruitment and earned a lot more money is the long it's three four years five years down the line right yeah and recruitment is a long game 100 percent, without a doubt so that is um that's super interesting what i really liked as well what you said is that you you didn't try to play up that you knew you knew about the market yeah no. and i think that that probably was that was probably more important than you realize you probably realize it now but playing that you said you play that card even now yeah absolutely it's so important you you don't you put yourself in a position where you are interested in that person and they feel like they're teaching you um and you keep an open mind and if you do that then you may well learn something new i think if you go into something trying to play play the card that you're the expert you're, you're probably narrow-minded and you've probably closed off the opportunity for you to learn something new anyway yeah. already yeah. before you enter that conversation yeah and i think i know again it's sort of basics but like if you're having a conversation with someone and they're doing most of the talking and you're listening i know that's hard for recruiters i used to find that hard initially i used to try well, they, they naturally want to jump in yeah and literally like yeah, yeah. that was the that was the biggest the first three months the most common feedback i got from my boss who i used to sit next to because there's an agency of eight people was you're asking a question and you're answering it for him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so guilty of that. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, so did you do this? Or like, what, what are your thoughts on this? They start talking, like, oh, yeah, so you mean that, you mean that. And like, I was so guilty of that. So I'd say, listen. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing. People will warm to you if they feel like, oh, this guy's actually interested in what I have to say. Yeah. Especially when you're, you're getting them to speak about what they do. Because there's probably, I mean, their wife might put up with them. <laughs> <laughs> listen to what they do but there's not many people who really have a just take the time to go you know what what, what is it actually you do tell me yeah and people enjoy that don't they yeah and i think they want to feel that you're someone that takes a genuine interest in exactly. them not just not just what they do actually but 
what their interests are and what their opinions are exactly. on anything. And, that, and that's how that's going to come out, isn't it? If you ask a question, listen, and then it leads on to other yeah, things and stuff course. like that. So when did it start happening for you then, Dave? When, like you said, the 12 months, like you sh- you've just said, look, realistically, look, don't treat that as I want to make six figures in my first 12 months. Yeah, yeah. Wh- when, did it, when did it all start coming together? Um, so probation pass was determined on one 360 deal in your first three months oh really um yeah interesting okay i think that's fairly standard okay. i don't know I, I, I didn't have that i didn't have that right so but no I, that's interesting so I, I basically had it in my head that i i have to get so a you client went for clients first uh, well it was you through candidates it was through candidates obviously getting, yeah, 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 getting, yeah, getting the information the stuff, yeah. and i managed i managed kind of within with with a day or two left of my probation to fill a role at oh. lush down in um first placement was lush in last Dorset. couple of days yeah it was like i'd started on the first of september and it was like just before christmas really um and i picked up my first repeat client in february which was control risks who were down at the cotton center okay haven't done any work with them for years now but, <laughs> uh but a, a lovely team down there cio is a guy called martin joy who was a lovely lovely guy okay um but i didn't pick up a lot in that first year what i what i was lucky to have was a manager who gave me opportunities to work on other roles. And nice. Harvey Nash, being an established agency, wasn't short of jobs. And it was, uh, at the time, infrastructure contracts 10 years ago was fairly low margin but high volume. Okay. So we always had a lot of work on. We were working with HSBC. I remember one weekend we kind of I had to stay in on the Saturday and the Sunday because we had 20 jobs to, to start on the Monday morning really? that came in on Friday evening. Oh, wow. So I, I learned a lot in that first year. Yeah. I did a lot of resource placements. Um, I can't remember exactly what month it might have been March or, or April. I ended yeah. up doing 22 resource placements in a month. Wow. Um, which was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was that, that kind of was just a lot of training, kind of good grounding on this is what you do and this is what you don't so do. As you and said, doing the process over and over again. Yeah, exactly. So those experiences kind of begun to help me hang it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd say after, a, I don't know, after maybe somewhere between nine and 18 months, I was probably a reasonably capable consultant. Still made horrendous mistakes. <laughs> yeah, always. Still made stupid mistakes. Of like, you know, the first time that you don't ask someone if they're going on holiday uh, <laughs> and they've got, they've oh, got a three-month contract and yeah. it's immediate and they have to be there for these critical four weeks and they're like, yeah, I'm going on holiday like weeks three, four of this project and it's like, you didn't mention it and oh. it's like, well, you didn't ask. You never do that again. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that literally <laughs> yeah. is the best way to learn, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. But that that leads me on to my the next question. But before that, I wanted to, I, I I couldn't agree more because where where I used to work, like my my boss, I put a lot of my success down to my boss, and mm. really he gave me opportunities, like you just said, he gave me those opportunities where you could see the light at the end of the tunnel, even if you're a bit worried about other stuff and what you're doing yeah. on your own. Do you know what I mean? And I think it's those it's those managers who, uh, they're, they're the great managers, aren't they, who who build up their consultants or give them those opportunities. And that's what, that just allows you to be there long-term, allows you to be in recruitment for long-term. Those sorts of managers who encourage that, I think. And I, I think that's so important. And um, yeah, I just think we, there, there needs to be a, that more, more of that approach with managers, yeah. I feel like. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to ask you, Sean asked me this on the on the last episode, and I, I really liked the question because uh, he was talking about it. So, what what would you say um, was because what what I've heard a lot from speaking to people, and again, some good advice is 
as you know, recruitment, it is a roller coaster, mm. very much, very big highs, very low lows. What what would you say was the, the worst low that you experienced as a recruiter and uh, finish that off with the sort of biggest high that you experienced in your career? Worst low? Don't fluff it up either. No, it's, it's funny because there aren't... Um, Nothing jumping out. There's not. It's. It, it, but I'm trying to think of like moments where it went really badly wrong with candidates or clients. I remember. I remember one particular kind of instance where um, I placed a CISO. I'm reasonably sure he was a CISO. It's going back quite a few years. Okay. Now. Anyway, uh, it was a senior role, um, paying ninety k okay. for a client. Big deal. Um, and he. It was. It was kind of got the offer through in early December. And he was going to start in beginning of Jan. And he went to the Christmas party. Okay. And then he pulled out oh. between Christmas and New Year. When, when was he meant to start? January. Oh. So he went to the Christmas day. Went to the, the Christmas day before he started. Start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What All on track. Christmas day? Nothing. No, it wasn't anything like oh, that. Oh, right, okay, no, okay. Genuinely, he, um, he was coming over from Spain and he got an opportunity uh, with some friends to start something out okay, there. Okay, okay. Um, but you know, it all looked it all looked like it was totally solid. to do secure. It was a three sixty deal. It was my own client. Did you have it on the board? Yeah. Oh, that is the worst. Um, and it wasn't low in as much as it wasn't like you know, yeah, you th- abs- that there was any angst at yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just from a personal point of view, you've got that real high of I've done a really big juicy yeah, deal. Yeah, it was yeah. it was probably one of my first genuinely senior jobs. Yeah. Um, and. Just complete kicking the balls. Yeah. yeah. Especially at that time of year yeah. when you're kind of clocked Starting. off and everything's going yeah. well and yeah. you're kind of New Year and you go you know you got that and you get that between Christmas off. and New yeah, Year. Yeah, it's yeah. just that that was pretty low because you do, you, you have to accept that you, the whole, the whole success in recruitment is, pre, is, is, is determined by your ability to control a whole range of different factors. 100%. And that's, that's basically understanding details yeah. and getting on top of detail yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than anything else it's got nothing to do with being a great salesperson that's mm. that's not rubbish a great salesperson is someone who's just ticked off a whole load of different boxes and understands what the, di- the different variables in a deal is yeah. and you can do that you can do that really really well and do everything that you're supposed to do and it's still not happened for you yeah, 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 yeah. and you just have to learn to accept that yeah, yeah, and yeah. pick yourself up and, and go again yeah um, no that is Honestly, that that's I think I think that is definitely a low and like I've I've had a few of them, and um, I know some of my old colleagues had a few of them, especially when it's big deals and like team moves and stuff like that, and it's it, it is that it is that you have to learn not to dwell on it otherwise because that that could potentially affect like a week yeah, or yeah. so that you, that's in the back of your mind it's like fuck's sake that deal, and I think the high. Uh, and this might not be something that you necessarily expect because it was actually criticism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But same client. Yeah. A few years later, um, I, I said to him, "Look, Alessandro, why, why do you always why do you why do you still come come back to me?" Okay. And he said, "Well, there's, there's a couple of reasons." He said, we, "We work with different suppliers, and every single time I pick up the phone to that supplier, the consultant's changed, and every oh. single time I pick up the phone to you." you're still there. Nice. And you know what? You you might not always be the best consultant on a particular job and you might get beaten to it mm. by another agency. But I know that I'm going to pick up the phone and it's going to be you and I know you and you know our business and I trust that you'll you'll work hard to do the job. Nice. And that, that was a big high because that was one of the first moments where it's like, 
that's a proper client relationship. Yeah, 100%. Where you can be honest enough that, you know what, you might not always mm. be the best person for them, but they will come back to you mm. again and again, even if another agency beats you to a job, because they they trust you. They want yeah. to work with you. Yeah. And that that's actually high. That When you realize you've yeah, got that, yeah, yeah. that relationship no, really with like someone that. is is really important. And oh. that's, that's what keeps you going. Yeah, 100%. I really like that. And I think that... Yeah, it really is such a good moment when you hear that from a client because you know how it is. Sometimes clients can make us feel shit. Like yeah, yeah. we can really feel like a piece of shit on people's shoe. And when when you get to a point where they do genuinely value your service and your relationship, then yeah, one hundred percent. What what a great high that is. Um, yeah, but equally, I'd say the ones that treat you like shit aren't worth working with. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> that that takes a bit of confidence. Yeah, to get to that point yeah, where exactly. you go, you know you what, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work with you. Yeah, but it ties down to but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Recruit, recruiters are, f- are providing something valuable and if someone mm. doesn't appreciate that then you know what sod it 100% you, you, you can't your, work business, your business isn't important yeah exactly and I think yeah just from from where I used to work and sort of just just observing really I feel like when you, obviously you'll probably be able to tell me more on this but I feel like um, sometimes people can fall into the trap of um, job 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 new job client client new job non- new job mm. Whereas if you actually took a step back and sort of mapped out your market and your your essential recruitment business, it's like if I actually really worked on these 15 relationships, I could probably earn times this. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to, okay, I've got a new job with this new client. Do you know what I mean? You can fall into that new job, new job mentality. But if you really focus on the, the guys that do make you feel like that and you're valued and all that you're probably going to potentially earn more money or whatever. Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? I don't, did you ever see that? Because obviously you've oh, been... Oh, no, 100%. Relati- yeah. Relationships are absolutely key, whether it's candidate or clients. And quite often the candidates will become clients. It's kind of cliche, but that's true. Yeah, 100%. Um, and you know how, how, how there's that whole thing around recruitment of, oh, you know, I can't tell you who my client is. Yeah. First of all, that's made less relevant because of procurement and mm. the maturing of the industry as a whole anyway. Yeah. But secondly, actually, if you've got a strong relationship with your client, who cares if someone else knows who you're working with? Yeah. They're not. They're not going to get in the door if yeah. you are genuinely doing a good job mm. and you really do have a good relationship with no. that person. Really good point. And I think when I first tried to convince um, my old colleagues in my office about doing videos and all this sort of stuff, the, that was the first reservation. It was like, well, I don't. I don't want my competitors to know about my clients. And that 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 was my that was my reaction straight away. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Trust your relationships. Like, yeah. obviously, don't. Don't be, don't put stuff out there which is not necessary, like in terms of just not secret information, but context which isn't necessary. Like, still be a bit smart with it, but you shouldn't be worried about other people calling your thing because a, a lot of the time they can work it out from job adverts and all that sort of stuff. But if you genuinely do believe in the relationship that you have, then you haven't got to worry about the business because, like you said, they're still going to call you, still going to get the job. There's, also and that, there's, there's, there's that element of openness as well, right? Like, um, over the last couple of years with running the podcast, if someone yeah. says, says to me, well, you know, why, why should I trust that you know about the industry? It's like, well, I know all of these people. Yeah. It's like, well, can you prove that you know those people? <laughs> well, yeah, there's a website with a whole <laughs> list of them with me talking to them. It's like, yeah, yeah. if you've got that ability to be open about who your clients are, who you've worked with, mm. your war stories, and also be honest about where it goes wrong, go, you know what, we had this experience and, and it was a disaster. People will buy into you more. You're more transparent. You're more open. Exactly. There's someone that they want to, to buy yeah, into. Enough to hide. Yeah, and I think I feel like that. I feel like that is changing. Maybe it's still still lingering about. But I feel like that is a bit of um, an old-fashioned mentality. And t- obviously, recruitment is a bit old-fashioned still. And I think that it's definitely changed over the years. Yeah, it's definitely changed. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there that is. I feel like that is a bit of an old-fashioned um, 
mindset that like don't I don't want to share any of like our secret ways of finding mm. candidates and stuff. Um, but I think um, like what you're doing now in terms of putting yourself out there and all that sort of stuff, it's actually actually works the other way. And with the internet and everything now, like you can find out anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't. You f- might feel like you've got you've got this secret which you can't let anyone know, but you, you're going to be able to find it out. Oh yeah, I mean there was definitely that that perception when I first started where there wasn't social media really yeah. in the same way, and everything you know the database was very much the central thing to what everybody did, mm. and the database was the most important, most valuable asset a company had, yeah. and it was kind of this is our information exactly. Like you say, it's now all available online. Mm. So I think just because of the way that that social has changed the dynamic of communication entirely. Yeah. It's kind of led to recruiters and recruitment probably being a bit more relaxed about that anyway. Yeah, and yeah. because the industry's matured Trend, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it's not, it's not as simple anymore. You can't just call up a manager and then go, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you five jobs because it's like, <laughs> I might want to give you five jobs, but there's about three or four different hoops that you need to jump through first before you can work with the organization. Yeah, exactly. So that gives you a bit more security <laughs> around who your clients are. Definitely. Um, what I want to say, I was interested to ask you. I know, obviously, um, you're obviously in the, in the t- tech world and have been for a while. But how do you see this sort of whole tech piece um, tying in with recruitment in, in the next couple of years, as opposed to just tech as a whole and um, impacting our day-to-day lives? How do you see it affecting recruitment? What do you mean, tech? Tech as in how it might disrupt recruitment? Yeah, or how it may affect recruitment in any any way? Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think that a lot of recruiters should be worried about their jobs. Really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think anything under you seen the the Google thing, the voice thing. That conversation. yeah, that yeah, that doesn't worry me so much. Okay, that's what, very okay, much. So the, why do you think it's, it's not? It's not that. It's that um, if you look at a lot of people in delivery roles in agencies, okay, uh, filling jobs for kind of like forty thousand pounds a year or something. Yeah, that first of all, it could be outsourced. Yeah, and a lot of companies are beginning to outsource, outsource to. Yeah. to India, Vietnam, or near shore it to places in Eastern Europe or Poland yeah. or something like that. Um, but secondly, that can be done through AI. That can be done mm. through machine learning going, here's a set of criteria to judge a candidate against. Where recruiters are going to exist mm. in 10 years' time is where there is more nuance in a role. So if there's something politically uh, relevant about that organization, about what's going on, that you need to really understand the character of someone, there you have yeah. value. Filling a DBA or filling a support engineer, why do you need someone on a London salary sitting there to deliver that? You don't. Yeah. That's going to be automated. Yeah. And, and recruiters are idiots because a lot of the time they turn around and they talk to their clients about how technology is going to disrupt their industry and they don't consider how it's going to disrupt their own their industry. Own, yeah. And anyone in recruitment right now should be building relationships with senior level staff to be a valuable partner to to their to business, business yeah and if they're in a in a delivery account management function role they should be focusing at the high end of the market where there is a bit more nuance and it isn't just a case of mm. have they got skill xyz yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and where they've genuinely got a candidate pool i do actually think it's a great time to be a recruiter yeah because if you've got a little black book of genuine contacts that and it's kind of swum back in that direction. Yeah, I was going to say. Because there's so much information now out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Having a real, now you really have to genuine, rely on those relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Personal network. Yeah. That's of, of massive Extreme value. Valuable, especially yeah. when you think about the, the, the development market. If you, if you know the top 10 Java consultants in London and you genuinely know them and you know where they're moving and what they're doing, they're then you, you've got real value. Yeah. But a lot of recruiters out there, I think, operate in a space that 
transactional. And all it's that. very transactional yeah, and yeah. actually will be disrupted by technology in a big way. Yeah, that's re- that's really interesting. Probably, f- yeah, that I I, I am. I think that. I really like how you said that it swung back in that direction because I think that's so true and I think that's where people need to start doubling down on um, and generally just trying to be less transactional and trying to build those relationships. Like If you're not doing it, you need to start doing that. It could be a great... Recruitment still can be a fantastic career and it is a great career for yeah, someone. Yeah. But you have to understand, well, what's my value proposition? Yeah. You know, you sit, sitting, filling jobs, like I did 10 to 5 years ago... Mm isn't going to be where this industry is going yeah, to be in five it's years' that time. that network and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Um, I wonder what people have to say about that. Oh, they'll probably disagree with me. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that. I think um, someone sent me um, a link recently and they, they predicted that as well. Like, it, those those types of roles are going to be automated and it's it's those nuances and those types of roles where we that's where recruits can really add a lot of value yeah and you've seen it all the time now we're always looking at ways that we can speed up the process and automate the process probably more so in your world but particularly in recruitment like i was at a tech event the other week and it was all about just where can i save recruiters time that's where the tech comes into play all right i've got this tech where i can format a cv without just a click of a button and all that sort of stuff Wait till obviously that goes into scanning people's skill sets and CVs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Have you seen anything then that is jumping out? Have you seen anything that? There's the odd tool that comes along that you go that that could that, that could, could alter a, a big you know you know what there, there's 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 a tool. I I saw a demo in um I went out to Web Summit in in Lisbon in, in November yeah. and there was a tool out there that I thought looked great called DevScore, um that was being run by two tech guys that basically um it suggested that they could go through um, areas like GitHub and so on and say, right, based on the code, we've got um, an automated piece of, of, we've got an automated tool rather that scans the code and it's going to tell you these are the top developers based on the actual quality of their code in the market. Now, I'm a big believer that actually technology will create more jobs than it will destroy. destroy, And if you look at the trend over the last 10 years, that's been borne out. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But... What it will do is it will mean that in all industries, some people will lose their jobs and some people will have to retrain yeah. uh, to, to take advantage of the mm. jobs that are being created. And recruitment is no different. There will be some people that if you're a delivery consultant and that's all you do and you don't have relationships and you don't understand what your particular niche is and you're a generalist, I think that you'll lose, lose your job and I think that you will need to retrain and you'll need to become a, a proper specialist. Yeah, not, yeah. not a faux specialist that everyone in recruitment pretends to be, but a genuine <laughs> specialist yeah yeah and if you do that then you've definitely got a long-term career no i like it okay cool so what 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 sort of solid number there's there's been some real good value here but what to to round up a few things what for someone that is just in the first 12 months or early on in their recruitment career or yeah what what sort of advice would you give them would you say uh use the phone (laughs) no genuinely like I, i i'm i'm a big believer that that um Text making our lives a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, that um, you know there are a lot of tools that make jobs a lot easier that augment what we do rather than just straight out replace. But when you first start, you need to understand what your market is, and the best yeah. way to do that is to get off LinkedIn, to get off Twitter, to get off Instagram. They're great tools when you've got an understanding and relationships mm. in place. When you first start. You need to be speaking to as many people as you possibly can to soak up as much information as you possibly can. Yeah. And I still think that element of what what I did 10 years ago is still exactly the still same there. today. You need to put foundations in place. Yeah. And no, without those foundations, you can't be successful further down the line. I think that's solid advice. Um, 
What so what's um before we finish, what what's what's going on in your world then? So you how long have you been doing your podcast for now? Uh, the podcast has been in in reality it's been running for two years. It, the concept was kind of three years ago. Okay. Um started putting out episodes two years ago and about nine months ago it kind of became a full time job. Full-time, yeah. I I mean I haven't been a hands on recruiter, so to speak, for probably three years now. Yeah. I, I was managing, managing I was managing like a that. team of recruiters. When did you start managing? When did I start managing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years into my career. Oh, wow. Yeah. And was you still billing? You, the I was still billing, still billing for then the next six or seven years. Yeah. And then I moved into a role where I managed three teams. Really? And was a hands-off recruitment so was it, manager. So you wasn't billing anymore? It was... No, no. Then I just got paid off the P&L and, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. success of the, of the guys underneath me. And then it's more about trying to get them to... Yeah, yeah. All right. And if yeah. I'm honest, I don't think I was very good at it. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah about nine months ago, the, the podcast got to the point where it was generating enough relationships and interests that the company went yeah, just yeah, focus yeah. On, on content. Just quickly then, before I ask you another question about that, because um, I feel like a lot of people, when you've been working in recruitment for a while, you may have experienced this yourself, but... You do, you do sometimes contact crossroads like, okay, well, should I become a manager or should I just c- yeah. crack on? How did you, d- like, what advice would you give people? Obviously, what, what I feel like is, like, it's not for everyone. I guess you're not going to know until you actually do it. But yeah, yeah. I don't know how, what would there be any sort of your two pence on if you've got a recruiter who's consistently billing, got good relationships? Okay, well, d- one, do you want to be a manager? But if someone's thinking about it, I don't know, is there anything that you could say to them to um, maybe approach it in a certain way or... <sighs> It's difficult it because management is typically still the only real way to build your career. True. Right? Yeah. And the majority of people want to to move forward in yeah, an organization. Yeah. Mm. Okay? And I don't know how far you can really go as a principal consultant. True. That's, right. it, like that's up, a good point. Up, up the career ladder. That's a good point, yeah. Um, I think you hit a ceiling and then it's like, well, now what? Because at yeah. some point you've got to lead teams or set strategy, yeah, or yeah. even if it's through kind of matrix mm. management, you, you, you're coordinating a lot of different people, and you need those skills in your, in your yeah. locker. Because um, I think that if you think about it, that makes complete sense. And like the way you could add more value to your recruitment business is getting to that pinnacle point, and then making one, yeah. two, three, four more of you. But what makes you successful as a as a consultant doesn't doesn't necessarily make <laughs> yeah, you yeah that's what I mean. That's the difficult manager. part, right? Yeah, yeah, and. I, I personally don't think I was a great manager and I had times where it was going better than others, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And it was generally down to the quality of the people that I that I had working under me Fair and nice. the dynamic of the team at the time. And I had a period where I had two very experienced consultants working for me and it was great. Yeah. And I think I was probably happiest as a manager when I was still hands-on billing and managing a small team. Okay. And then I actually found it quite challenging when I wasn't billing. The P&L side, because yeah. of it, Because of... We weren't having a good month. My natural reaction was to try and fix it myself. Yeah, to try and do it. deals, yeah, 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 I can which actually doesn't help in the long term. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's really difficult. It's, difficult, it's yeah. really difficult. Um, and I I don't I don't have all the answers on that. I I think that that a lot of it though has to do with the with the with the quality of the people that you hire, mm. um, and giving them giving them the right kind of resources and environment, the environment for them to thrive. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, so yeah, what I wanted to ask you, because it sort of goes in line a lot with sort of what I talk about, your personal brand and all that sort of stuff. When you first um, started this podcast, obviously, I feel like the natural reaction would be, well, how, is it making you more money? How much money is it making you? What, internally? You? Yeah, yeah, internally. Um, yeah, internally it was... Like, well, what, why? Why do you want to do this? Yeah, why? <laughs> um, 
What and I was lucky. I was lucky. I've been up to that. I've stayed at Harvey Nash for eleven years because they've always been very supportive. Okay. But of course, yeah, the natural reaction was, what? You how did you how, how did you do that then? Um, I just did it. You just kind of cracked on. I just I just said, look, don't worry. It's not going to affect my billings. Okay. This nice. will be five percent of my time, and I'm nice. not going to ask for any money. Okay. And nice, I bootstrapped nice. it, and I paid for. You know, this did is you do it in your studio, own team? But... Did you do it in your own own time? Yeah. Nice. I mean, it, it, there were little bits where it began yeah. to creep into work naturally because yeah. you start talking to clients and course, going, course. I love you to Talk come on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you'd use it as a way of booking meetings. Nice, nice. Um, but. So you just batted it back, said, Look, guys, I've got this. Don't worry about it. Continue to crack. Yeah, it wasn't even a, a case of batting it back. I just kind of said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And yeah. Just give me a little bit of time to go yeah. on with it. I think it's got some legs. Yeah. And when I said it's not going to cost you any money and I'm still going to carry on billing or managing they went yeah all right fine um, <laughs> no, the reason i ask because i feel like least, least resistance yeah exactly yeah no no i like that and i think like because there's going to be more and more people now trying to invest in like their personal brand and all that sort of stuff because that that again we're talking about relationships all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff so i know having been there myself that is you're gonna have to deal with that internally so that's why i wanted to see how, how you yeah, dealt with but that, I, I, I think and you know i so we've got a new we've got another podcast episode coming out tomorrow yeah. on our podcast right and we're interviewing someone uh, called Ellen Guillaume, who's the founder of a company called um, Wild AI. And at the end of that podcast interview, I said to her, what would your advice be to someone um, looking to start a business? Okay. Right? Uh, and, and it's exactly the same advice as we're talking about here, which yeah. is you don't have to quit your job, um, nice. but find an area where you've got a genuine interest yeah. and you feel that you can contribute. And don't just, don't just consume content, but create. Yeah. And build a brand and build a voice and engage in conversations. Mm. And I don't think that matters whether you're building a business or you're in recruitment yeah, yeah, or yeah. you're trying so to start a podcast or you're trying yeah. to run a blog. There's no reason. Too many people stop themselves from doing something like what you're doing, yeah. like this podcast, or starting a business because they think it's got to be perfect yeah. before they start. And that's 100%. a load of rubbish. Yeah, I agree. You just create stuff and you learn as you go. Like, I agree. did Joe Wicks come fully formed as Lumen 15? <laughs> no, but who yeah. the hell looks at his first posts? Yeah, yeah. I, I could, mate, I couldn't agree more. And that, that's exactly how I started this. Like, it was an idea. I was cracking some of it own time, just doing it in my bedroom. Like, and it wasn't perfect. As I know you shared that. Obviously, when you first started, the episodes were probably quite shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the, the people that we had on the show was great, but I didn't have a clue what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. But you're learning from it. Yeah. yeah. So no, I think honestly, mate, that that's class, and I'm not surprised that that person shared that with you. So before, um, brilliant. So you got an episode coming out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, twice weekly now. So twice weekly. Yeah. <laughs> got some editing to do. Nice. Cool. Um, so basically, um, I asked this question to everyone. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you was, if basically you could communicate to every single recruiter or everyone who worked in recruitment okay and you could say one sentence and they'd all implement it the the next day in their way of thinking yeah yeah what would you say uh money doesn't matter love it <laughs> no, I, I i i to back that up uh we always talk about people being money motivated right? yeah 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 load of rubbish Okay. I don't know anyone who's actually money motivated. Yeah. You you want to succeed, right? Yeah. But the best way to succeed is to do a bloody good job. Yeah. And if you're if you're driven by success and there's a bit of an ego and a bit of a narcissist in you and you want to be seen at being the best at your job, yeah. and therefore that'll drive the right behaviours. I think if you're if you're driven by money, it'll drive the wrong behaviours. So don't worry about the money. Do your job to the best of your ability and the money will follow. Love it. I think just just before we wrap up, I think, look, you hear it all the time, don't you? Oh, I'll get to this point, I thought I'd be this happy or whatever. You hear it, especially when it's related to money. It's like, oh, when I make 100 grand, I'll feel this way. They get there and they're like, fuck, 
<laughs> shit I'm, I don't feel any different so I think honestly mate that's solid advice thank you for coming on the show oh, thank you for having and, me and um, I think um, I think you'd be good if you get, went, got back into recruitment mate got some solid uh, advice no, there no no <laughs> No, I, I no. I, I, Days I, are over. Yeah, I, I got to the point where someone would go, oh, I've got a job for you, and I'd just go, oh, <laughs> really? You've done it long enough, mate. But no, <laughs> absolute, absolute pleasure, mate. Cheers. And um, I'll, I'll see you soon. Thanks. Cheers, mate.